we're live. And welcome back to Screencast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino. This is, of course, Screencast, kind of funniest entertainment show where we talk about movies and streaming stuff and all sorts of fun stuff you can watch. You're probably watching this week. Uh, joining me today is the movie bros herself, Joey Noel. Hello. Welcome. And producing and joining the show as well is Kevin, the big dog, Koalo. Oh, Kevin's no tired. Here. No barking today. No woof woof. Yeah, I'm just tired. I'll do it for him. <laughs> Kevin, I like that you have like, it looks like you have one of those like stopwatches like coaches have around the wrist. Oh, it's a hair when tie. People are... Oh, okay. I thought, <laughs> did you ever have that when your coach had like a tie? Like you yeah, keep yeah, it yeah. here. Yeah. Like you do the quarter mile. Oh, I remember when I was in it. Catholic school, they used to make us run laps, but we had to run in the corduroy. We had these like horrible uniforms, oh. Joe, that were, I don't Did you ever go to Catholic school? Yeah. Any, either of you? I went to Catholic school over high school. Oh my God. We had these like... <laughs> These uniforms that could best be described as like milk carton shirts. They were so oh, no. stiff and they had a collar. And then they made us wear brown corduroy pants. And when I ran and I was because I was pretty like chubby when I was a kid, I used to <laughs> run and it would just go. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and, people, and then I remember I got the worst, con- like the worst <laughs> passive aggressive backhanded compliment ever. I think my coach was like, you're pretty fast for a guy your size. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, 25 years from now, I'm going to make some changes in my life. <laughs> I'm going to make some serious changes. Uh, speaking of people we love very much, that was a terrible segue, but you know what? It's a Thursday, and it's been a long, long, long year. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed or Mo Squared, Black Jack, Raz Narak, uh, Al, the Predator Tribesman, and Connor Nolan or Kono as we are calling him. Uh, of course, a couple housekeeping things. We got some really fun shirts for you over on kindoffunny.com slash store if you want to check those out. Uh, we got new stuff like the PS I Love You sweatshirt. Uh, and I believe we still have the uh, the the Pride shirt that I was wearing yesterday that I should have worn today because I thought I was on something yesterday. And it turned out, I don't know what day it is. I thought today was Friday. And I woke up and I was like, oh, it's screencast day. We get to talk about fun movies we watched, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Uh, and then, of course, shout out to our sponsors, ExpressVPN and Manscaped. But we'll get to that a little later how you guys hanging in there this has felt like the longest week in the history of weeks i've taken two inappropriately timed naps this week oh. took a lunchtime nap yesterday because i just felt exhausted there's I've nothing wrong there. with lunchtime naps i would i would take more naps if it weren't for the fact that they're, they're doing construction next door that starts at 7 30 mm-hmm. and yeah. ends at i'm not kidding 9 30 at night is when they left last night 930 so and I was like I started this is when this is when uh old Nick Scarpino starts googling sound laws and everything. I'm like is this fucking legal I don't know I appreciate that apparently you can work on things from like 7 a.m till 10 p.m in San Francisco yeah. legally yeah. and that is unbelievable now to be fair these guys just want to get this thing done and I appreciate that but I am at my wits end with this apartment that's being built it has literally been built or being reconstructed next to me for two years I don't know what they're doing in there and what I just building i don't know i think they're replacing parts of the floor they've painted it twice they're they're doing new windows but all i'm saying for this whoever moves in there just be aware because this thing might be a death trap at any given point the whole fucking thing might collapse in on you for how much work they've put into that uh but this show is not about talking about construction if it were me and kevin could lament on that for oh i'm sure hours at this point uh this show is about talking about movies ladies and gentlemen we come here each and every week to get together to talk about the latest movie news and also movies we've been watching and then talk to you guys about your suggestions for cool stuff to watch uh and thankfully a lot of you guys got back to us you're liking the nick list of just suggestions of things to watch uh so we'll go over that a little later but top of the news right now kevin and, and joey Zack snyder decided to put out a teaser for the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. <laughs> and I saw it, and it, here was my first thought. Because you know I'm dumb. 
and, mm-hmm. and I don't really pay attention to things. And I'm just I'm dumb and gullible. Those are the two <laughs> the two prize points that make up Nick Scarpino. Okay. Um, I saw this on Twitter and I thought this was a joke. I was like, this looks <laughs> like somebody cobbled together this and put some Hans Zimmer music behind it. And it because it's such shitty quality. It's they're like, why quality. would they let him put this out? Like, why would you not put out a 4K version of this trailer as like the first teaser you're doing? What is going on with HBO Max? <laughs> like, is anyone running but that even, that company? Even the HBO Max splash page at the end, you yeah. know, looked shitty. So it's it must be. But it came like from the Zack Snyder account. No, That's I know, but like there must be a better version somewhere, right? <clears throat> I, I just feel like I mean obviously people are um, if you're if you're watching it on YouTube people have probably ripped it from uh, Twitter and they're putting it on other YouTube channels which of course is then going to take a crappily compressed social media video and put gonna, it into more compression on YouTube. Yeah, um, I'm gonna but, see if I can find a prettier version of it. So, but you no, guys keep talking. Okay, so the trailer of course starts off with Wonder Woman in some sort of uh, I'm assuming Amazonian cave, looking at uh, cave drawings of Darkseid or Darkseid, excuse me, they spell it C, but I would, it's just Darkseid. Yeah, it is Darkseid. And you're like, that's cool. And we're meanwhile we're hearing the voiceover from the end of uh, the Justice League oh. or from Batman v Superman, right? Where uh, Lex Luthor is like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. It's, it's one of those scenes that makes absolutely no sense because they like there's shit that they had removed from it right well like it's he... it's it's essentially him saying um the word is out that superman is dead so basically the guardian of this of this planet is dead um and so it's it's open season on humans and dark side is coming and then i think we see a shot of of dark side standing on apocalypse which is his home world uh with his cool staff but it's such shitty quality that it could also be <laughs> stefan wolf or it so could just be on michael twitter, ironside on twitter it looks a little bit better does it? Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm gonna pull it up in a second. God damn it! I'm gonna open up the chat because I'm sure I'm getting all of this wrong. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, here's here's what's so funny about this. People have been so, um, just sort of traumatized by this whole thing that you're. I'm seeing like I'm reading comments of people picking up. They're like, "This is the most epic thing imaginable," and I'm like, "Is it? Is it epic? Or is this just a trailer? Like, you're not gonna. Darkseid's not in the movie." We're going to get a flash of him here and there, but we know he, there's no fucking way at the end of the Zack Snyder Justice League movie. Um, they, they they beat Steppenwolf and then and then it goes ding, ding, round two and fucking Darkseid comes in. And he's like, let's go. I want to let's, let's start punching some people. Right. There's his little painting. Yeah, it's just a little painting. Yeah, I have no idea. Honestly, I've only seen, I've seen I've Justice League seen. and I've seen Batman v Superman ones. And I honestly couldn't tell. I don't I remember like nothing as I was watching that. I was like. And those two movies for me together just kind of blend, anyways. But yeah, well, they're very. I mean, they're obviously you know one's a one's a direct sequel to the second one, and all, and, and that the Snyder verse has a very specific style that leaves a lot to the imagination. But you know, it's it's going to be so interesting to see what this film ends up being, and and my level of interest has grown exponentially since seeing this because I think it's going to be a bunch of scenes that didn't need to be in the first one. That flesh out things that don't like when you watch Batman v Superman and you watch the extended cut, you're like, cool, you answered a bunch of questions to things that I don't care about. Like, I think it's going to be a bunch of extra stuff that makes this just a jumbled mess. But there also might be a brilliant genius in that. That when you watch it and you go, this is so bad or such a jumbled mess that it it adds, it, it creates this extra thing that might be brilliant. I'm just putting that out there. 
Mm. There's a two percent chance of that. <laughs> it was like maybe a one percent <laughs> chance of that, but more like a ninety-nine percent chance this movie is just an utter failure again. And we're going to pay. They're going to get so many people to subscribe to this to watch what is going to be a slow motion train wreck. You think it's going to? Uh, you don't. You don't think it's someone's just going to like somehow download it and like the, all the clips that are added on will be on YouTube? And I don't know because you're talking thirty million dollars. There's going to be a. It's going to be a, a lot of different changes. I imagine. You think so? I think so. I think you're going to get probably maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm so fascinated by this. This is like an unprecedented thing to have happen. I hope he and looks I, cool. Superman or, or no, Dark, Side? Dark Side? I mean, how can he not look cool? He's a cool looking character. I mean, yeah, it looks I mean, like from the from the silhouette we're seeing in the in the, yeah. at the end of this teaser, it looks like he looks like Dark Side. So I, don't know. I hope he has the cool like laser eyes that they do in the animated yeah, show. Yeah, like, the, the, what are they called? The Omega Rays or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, Omega Rays. That's going to look dope. <laughs> um, I, it's just so sad to me because, you know, obviously there was – I read an article I think last week where it was like Robert Pattinson. I think they were still filming Batman when I think they had to shut down production. So we had to like stay in shape. And he's oh. like – they caught, they caught him running on the street. And they're like, ah, he's still trading for Batman, which is like probably – that would be my hell. Because as you guys know, my goal in life – I have two goals in life. One, to be on the cover of Time Magazine with that cool shot where you're looking into the camera and you have the little the little lights in your iris. Yeah, I'm sure light in your iris. Exactly, the amateur alert lights. Um, and two, wow, that's the second time we brought that up on a yeah. podcast. Uh, and then two, oh, obviously, me. get paid to get jacked to be a superhero. But then in order to have to stay that jacked for like six months while you're filming, that would be my nightmare. There's no <laughs> way. They would catch Especially me. They'd be like, that's... Well, like a the... pandemic, you can't do anything else. Well, also, shit. it's a pandemic that you don't know when it's going to end. You know what I mean? Like recording, like, right, was, uh, they're, they're planning to start recording soon in LA, right? Again? Under like super so. strict like uh, conditions, close sets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those things like, okay, well, we're mid June. Like in the start of March, no one knew that it would be mid June. You, you know no. what I mean? And it's just like, man, that sucks. Hey, you have to stay fit for an unknown amount of time because at any point they could be like, all right, we can start filming, so we need to start now. You know? Yeah. So you have to stay in Yeah. Yeah. And you no, have to like how, make up for lost time, so it's not like you have any leeway and like, oh, I need two more weeks to right. get back or get back in. three weeks or six weeks, or whatever. Um. To be fair though, I don't. From the pictures of what it looks like, I don't. I haven't seen him. We haven't seen that Ben Affleck picture yet, like we saw from Batman v Superman, where it was like they teased out images of him doing pull-ups with a fucking forty-five pound weight hanging off of his waist. That's a good picture. So I don't know how many, how much steroids Robert Pattinson needed to jack into himself to get to get. I don't know how big he got for this. It doesn't look like he got that big, so you, but still, you would jump immediately to steroids, right? If they're for like, Affleck? Oh, hey, no, for like, oh, you. for me, yeah. If oh, they're yeah. like, oh, oh, hey, we want yes. you to be uh, in this movie. You're gonna play the short Wolverine. You know, like the if. Wolverine, if they were Wolverine. like, dude, we're doing Logan too, but we're doing it the way he should do it, which is he's supposed to be short right. and kind of surly yeah. and a Hair little charming, a, a little dashing, you know what I mean? Uh, and there, and, and if not, I got he's word, kind of ugly. Right, just a little sexy, you know what I mean? Uh, if I got word from my agent that there were like, even – like someone brought my name up in a meeting somewhere in the building, I would immediately start doing Bullshit. like the kind of steroids you, you do, you give to bulls to make them fucking twice the size. Like I would do like the, I think you would like wait the steroids to the you absolute to... last minute, absolute last minute to be like, I got, I actually have this role. And then you would spend maybe three months freaking out and dieting, basically like just not eating at all. And then Sarah. Chipotle bowl with just steak and avocado. Yeah. Dude, it would be it's it's hard though, man. Like I it'll be interesting to watch uh Hugh Jackman 
like how his if he has any health issues later in life because he is if you look at him now he's tiny because he is like fuck that i am not dev deadlifting anymore he's doing he's like i'm staying nimble and skinny for broadway because daddy's gonna sing and dance and he's no longer gonna be stabbing people with his animantium claws he's and i gotta small, hand it to him you know what i mean because it's it's funny because like schwarzenegger obviously it came out you know he had the heart attacks and he had all sorts of heart problems and I don't think he's ever explicitly said it's because of the steroid use. At one point, he talked about uh, it being a cholesterol issue because he used to eat a lot of eggs and, and all that stuff because to keep the protein on to keep all the muscle on him. But no one ever talks about like the long term effects of how steroids and TRT and all of these like, uh, quote, performance enhancing drugs fuck up your uh, your endocrine system and all of your organs and like enlarge your heart and make all these things happen. But so hopefully Hugh Jackman lives a long, healthy life, but I would not be surprised if one day he's walking down the street, his heart just explodes out of his chest like a xenomorph. Um, so there you go. All right, that's your reacts to the uh, the new Zack Snyder teaser trailer. Uh, I am, again, curious, like I would be watching two toddlers duke it out. Just like, how's this going to end? <laughs> and I have a feeling it's going to end the same way that would end, which is both of them crying on the ground while their dad's just like, our kids are not tough anymore. This generation is just, they're just not tough anymore. Uh, next news story, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie, has been delayed two more weeks. Uh, not much of a news story here, though, as they're trying to figure out a good place to put this. Um, obviously, they're playing that game of when will people want to go back to theaters? And to me, punting it from July 17th to July 31st, seems like a it's still very soon for a major tentpole movie to come out what do you guys think two weeks does not seem yeah, like enough but like it's it, this is such an interesting one because like uh christopher nolan has been i feel like so adamant to like no we're, we're gonna make this the first big movie to come out once all this COVID stuff stopped and it's just like dude read the room like people don't want to go to the movie theaters you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they might I mean, be, it's, they might be open, but it still doesn't mean you're gonna have the numbers, and that's yeah. a shame because this movie looks cool. It looks so cool, and I and I, and you know, the more I see of it, the more I don't want to see any more of it. The more I just want to go in because I feel like Christopher Nolan movies, aside from his Dark Knight trilogy, are always best when you know a little less about them. And like, you know, I, I've been wanting to go back and watch Inception again. I've been wanting to go back and watch Interstellar again. All of his movies that aren't based on Batman. I mean, again, this is no disrespect to the Dark Knight trilogy. I think it's the best trilogy out there. But his other movies are so unique and so cool that I just want to see this fucking movie. Wait, you think and it's I, the I, best trilogy ever? I think it's one of the best trilogies. Okay. Yeah. For like, for like. Yeah, uh, no, I, uh, I agree. It, it is definitely one movies. of the best trilogies. Yeah. I don't know if it's the best. I mean, I, I'm not here to, to render final word back on that. Back to the could, Future is the best trilogy ever. That's a fact. Um. Man, it's, it's up there. It's up there. It's Not up Godfather. There. Uh, I mean, here's the deal. Godfather's Godfather. Good. Well, Godfather is great, but then you always you always have Godfather Three, where Great. Sofia Coppola just completely bad. ruins that movie, no. and Andy Garcia plays an Italian, and I'm just I'm just against that. <laughs> uh, also, cousins make out with each other, and you're like, this is not the Italian way. We all. Hey, know man, this. 19 years. Hey, 18 now. Uh, 19, 18 and a half. Um, but uh, no, I was, what was I going to say? Uh, da, 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 da. No, I honestly think that, and this is 100 no bullshit, and so that you know it's bullshit. Uh, the best trilogy jury's still out on Bill and Ted's. Once the new Bill and Ted comes out, that might be the best trilogy of movies ever made. Don't you not like Bogus? I like Bogus. Oh, okay. Because I really yeah. like Bogus. Oh no, it's it's. I remember not liking Bogus when I saw it because it was so dark. But as an adult, knowing the horrors that lay ahead of you, you know, <laughs> now that I've seen the darkness that is the world and I've been beaten down by it and developed just a horribly crippling addiction to caffeine. Um, I now understand where they were going with that. They went to a dark place with that. But 
both of those movies are such a joy to watch. They're so silly and stupid. And this new one, have you guys watched the trailer for the new Bill and Ted's? I watched half of it and I was like, I'm really in, but then like, <laughs> work I've started. In at one point, so Joe, let me just pitch you on this, okay? I've never seen any of the Bill and Ted movies. So the idea behind Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, is mm-hmm. that Bill and Ted are two idiot high school kids who yeah. want to form a band but can't play music. They don't have, they don't know how to play their instruments at all. And what they're trying to do, they have to basically give an, an essay. And I think the first one is about the essay, right? Or is the first? Yeah, the first one's about an essay. Mm-hmm. They have to go on stage it, and give like a presentation wait, of a history Joey, thing for some reason. If they don't pass this essay, their dad, the dad of one of them, is going to send them to like a boot camp or something. It's going to send Keanu Reeves to, to military school. Wasn't the blonde like that, kid, right? And maybe it was Ox Winners. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But one of them's going there. They're they're two fuck ups, but they're lovable fuck ups, right? And then mm-hmm. the, the the catalyst of the movie, Joe, is that uh, George Carlin, who plays Rufus, uh, comes to them from the future in a magical phone booth time machine and says, "You guys have to. You you cannot let Bill go to military school. Or you Ted, guys you are going to one. Ted, one of the Ted's. I, I can't Ted's remember dad. One, somebody one. in the chat just said Ted's dad. Okay, archetype Omega. So." You cannot let this happen. You have to pass this exam and, and graduate because you guys are gonna your band Wild Stallions is going to That's play. It's going name. to it's a fucking great name. Is gonna come up with the song that unifies the entire world and ushers in a unparalleled uh, time of peace and prosperity and utopia. And he takes them to the future and they like they see this and they're like, oh my god, this is crazy. So they take the time machine and they go throughout history and pick up historical figures like Joan of Arc, Lincoln, uh, Sigmund Freud, and to Napoleon. To help them with their history lesson. To help them with their history lesson and, and talk about who they are. And they knock it out. Spoilers, Joe. They knock it out of the fucking park. Although <laughs> at one point they lose Napoleon at the water park down in San uh, – Which is – What is it? Not San Mateo. San, uh, San Dimas. Uh, which was like Raging Waters. I don't know if you yeah, it looks it, so. It's, it's, it looks like so much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> Except I, as a kid, I watched that and I go, "No way!" Because they won't let me work, ride with my shirt on, and I don't want to take my shirt yeah. off in front of other people. So I had to just. I never. I just avoided water parks in general. And Joe, um, the sequel, um, which is Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure, they uh-huh. go bogus journey, bogus journey. Bogus journey. Yeah. Right, right, sorry, they uh, ro- they die and robots, go to hell. Robots from the future come and murder them and replace them. Right. And then they go not hell, but like they go to the afterlife, and they 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 they're like, wait, can't we play a game against you? Uh, and uh, like and they play battleship against the devil, and they oh, against the Grim Reaper. That's what yeah. it is. And this is a lot to take in, and yeah. I I just want to say that I'm pretty I'm pretty into it based on Listen, the synopsis. Kevin, because they win, and then they become best friends with the Grim Reaper, and they bring him along in the adventure too. And the Grim Reaper is played by the bad guy from Die Hard Two. It's it so is, good. And in my brain, I was like, man, that guy was really scary in Die Hard Two. But you know what? He has totally redeemed himself in Bill and Ted's. Absolutely. Now, to continue this uh, completely useless diatribe, Bill yeah. and Ted. Uh, I mean, we're spa- selling Bill and Ted Three to. Joey, this is, is great. Oh, yeah. Now, Joey, it's current day. They are I not high age. They're like 48 or whatever the fuck they are in recurrent age. And they still haven't made the song yet. Oh. And so they get the bright idea. Why don't we just go into the future and hear the song and then take it back and play the song? But when they go into the future, they find themselves, I think maybe an alternate future, in prison. And they're jacked. And it's fucking hilarious because they're in like jack guy suits. <laughs> Come on, guys. Keanu Reeves is a damn. He's a gift to the world. And you guys do not appreciate yeah. him all uh, okay. all right moving on eventually to a we'll do this in review and i'll watch it i'm sure oh yeah i think we probably will actually 
We probably will. But before we get to that, it, maybe it'll maybe it'll pop up on the Nick list one of these days. Um, this is the problem with, with this is the problem with having our, one of our more popular pieces of content be in review. The other day, Danielle was like, "Do you guys want to? We should watch Inception." I'm like, "I can't. We have yeah. to watch Inception at some point. Whenever Tim decides to get out of bed and comb his hair and I, do the rest of the schedule for in review." I think it's more of when we find out when Tenet's going to come up. And three times. weeks, guys. Three weeks. It's not though. or seven weeks. Or nine weeks, yeah, or twenty-four yeah, weeks. Exactly. You get Who the knows? problem. <laughs> Who knows? I know. I'm still, us. I'm still bummed. We burned all that goodwill going in with the Bond series because I was super fired up to watch uh, No Time to Die, and Me now too. it's like that movie is never gonna fucking come out. Uh, uh, they, uh, they actually just announced dates for it. They like yeah, it's, around like November or was it yeah, October? We'll see. I think it's November, but I, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what it's happens like, there. Again, okay. if it's November, I think that I think November is fine until we have a second. But I. Uh, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens societally if we when have, we a, have second... a second resurgence and people are like, fuck you, we're not doing this again. We're just not doing it. I think that's such a silly way to like, cool, I guess more grandparents are going to die. Listen, man, I don't want my, I don't have any grandparents left, so I don't have a dog yeah. in this fight. But you I will say this. Grandma. I know, but my parents are old, too, and, and they're coming up on their anniversary. And I'm like, I want to go down and see you guys, but I don't want to be the person to kill mom, you know? Yeah. Let's let, let's let my brother do that, and then I can lord that over him for the rest of his life. <laughs> that would Joking. affect him a lot. That would affect that him a would. lot. So my know. brother would that would destroy him, but yeah. I would I would at some point we'd get beyond it, and just, then I would so you know, we'd you be able to make a joke enjoy, about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't think that we'd you'll ever hit that point. But you would probably make the joke before you got to that point. Well, brothers, Joe, you don't have a brother, but we are assholes to each other. Kevin will vouch for this. He's got a brother, and they they we can fuck with each other. Uh, all right, a couple more news stories. Uh, just quickly touching on these. Uh, there's an Animorphs movie in the works. Are you guys at all excited Ooh. about this? Oh, I, I guess Joey is. I mean, in the sense that, like, I loved Animorphs as a kid. Will I watch sure. it now? Probably not. You know who's going to be really excited about it? Cool, Greg. Okay, okay. Is Cool Greg an Animorphs? Because I always, I always think of Cool Greg as like he has such interesting goosebumps. tastes. Yeah, he's yeah, a I don't, goosebumps I don't know guy if Tim sure. or Cool Greg ever read the Animorph books. I know that Tim had a bunch of them. Like, do you know about the thing? We always so during quarantine we've been joking because Gia has like very perfectly curated bookshelves in the house. Of course she does. And like Gia. the running joke is that one of these days we're gonna start adding Animorphs books to the I bookshelves mean, and see how long it takes her to I will personally. Here's the thing, Joe. Here's uh-huh. the thing. Real talk. Guys, chat be cool. Do not tweet this at or, 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 or Joe. Start doing this, but start putting in books about dogs onto the shelf. And then it'll be a low key. Every time they notice one, be like, dogs, dogs, dogs. And then we spring, boom. Door rings. Is it those kids? No, it's not. It's a brand new puppy with a bow around its neck. And Honestly, Nick, if you dropped off a dog, we'd be stoked. What kind of dog? something so here's the thing it needs to be little and fluffy so tim likes it i'm gonna say this my buddy craig just got a king charles cocker spaniel (gasps) oh my gosh that's gia's favorite dog favorite dog and it is the cutest thing i've ever seen and it's it's the most hilarious dog for my buddy craig to get because i was like that is not the dog i think you would (laughs) get no i feel like that that dog matches him they got him up and see if it has a brother keep going What's that? Yeah, where can you hit him up and see if it has a brother or a sister? I can see. I can see. Yeah. Oh my! Speaking of dogs, my brother got a new dog as well. Oh. And I'm not. I'm not even lying when I say this. The uh-huh. name is Joey. It's Joey. Oh. And I was what like, huh? It. He likes these like like mix of poodles. It's like a poodle, but like a longer one. So that's like it's like this. You know, it's like it stands maybe like two feet off the ground, uh-huh. and it's a poodle, but it's a poodle. 
And then he does the thing where he like cuts it down so it's body short, but it just has a big old like boofy haircut oh, on the top. Yeah. He likes them. I don't know. That's what he and his wife love. I could take her to leave it. I think they're cute dogs, but I'm I like dogs that reflect me more, mm-hmm. which is like a Boston Terrier that snores, farts, and has really short hair and gets super fat super quick and then doesn't want to move. That's like my mm-hmm. that's like my kind of dog. So I'm I'm more there, but you know, to each their own, I guess. Uh, Animorphs movie, cool. Well, we'll check in with Cool Greg next week and see how what his hype level is for that, if I remember. Uh, and then lastly, Wait, the Miller, last real uh, quick, is this the new dog? What's that? Is oh, you guys can't see my screen. Uh, it doesn't matter. Can't see your screen. Yeah, it's probably on his, his Instagram account. If you want to go to Scarpino Man and see my brother's new dog, go for it. I just pulled. It um, last up, cinema industry losing lots of money. No big, nothing here. But this comes from Variety, one of the leaders of the cinema, the actual uh, cinema. When I say cinema, I mean like the theaters. Uh, they're set to lose about twenty to thirty billion dollars for twenty twenty, which Ooh, is that's a lot. A lot of uh, the article talks about how they uh, in twenty nineteen racked in forty five billion dollars. So you are losing more than seventy five percent of your uh, of your revenue. Uh, that's cataclysmic. I mean, so I feel like that makes perfect sense. Oh, like for sure. The, the movie theaters are going to be closed for about seven hundred percent of the year, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate. So that's and, that's just what it's and what go. sucks is is the the numbers of how much they make is disproportional. So it's not like it makes the same amount of money throughout the year, right? Because you've got the block the summer blockbuster <clears throat> like movies. Oh yeah, that like you get way more tickets for, and it's just like oh, oh yeah, what sucks. For sure, the June, July, August, September months are mm. like I think the story even says that they're like we it, this could not have happened during a worse time because these are the months where everyone's hot. They're out of kids are out of school. Everyone wants to go to a nice air conditioned theater and just screw around and throw coke at each other and just the, the soda, not the that's you know, um, not cocaine, yeah, it's a, it's the a, drug. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movies are you watching, Kevin? Uh, um, so yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, we all knew this was coming, and uh, hopefully, a lot of these studios can recoup a little bit of expenses by releasing movies like one I'm going to talk about a little later, uh, on uh, uh on demand for 20 bucks, but. Before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, let me take a break and let tell you about our amazing sponsors, the first of which is ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use Express, ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now, you've heard us talking about how much we love The Last Dance, which was a 30 for 30 ne- uh, documentary that's on Netflix in other countries, but not here. Uh, and if you don't have ESPN, uh, yeah, ExpressVPN is your best friend. That's a lot of rhyming. But you know what, ExpressVPN, you can have that. You can take that into your copy and put it down on the next thing. Uh, you can use that to watch The Last Dance. Highly recommend you do this. This series is amazing. Uh, but if you can't get it in the States, you are missing out on arguably one of the best doc- sports documentary series of all time. Use ExpressVPN. Get that. Uh, you can. Uh, it's very, very easy. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Uh, so this week, you know, go over and check out uh, The Last Dance. Uh, it's it's so simple to do. Just fire up ExpressVPN app, change the location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and boom, you got it. You can see Jordan and all of his glory. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. Uh, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. And there's nothing more fun I like than when you travel to another country and see stuff pop up on your Netflix queue and go, man, 
There's so much more out there in the world. And now you don't have to go anywhere to do that. I never have to leave my house again. Thank you, ExpressVPN. You love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. <laughs> I like what they did there. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, um, YouTube. You name it. It's got it. Uh, there are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason we like ExpressVPN to watch shows is that it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. And you can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices. Uh, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen whenever, wherever you want. Uh, if you visit my special link right now, and I like that I have a special link, at expressvpn.com slash morning, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have manscaped and we're gonna be talking about the weed whacker and you know every time i i read these manscaped ads i get excited because there's something in there that makes me giggle and i say i have to say it because this is what the sponsor wants us to say even though it's, it's talking about our nether regions listen up fellas because we have a new manscaped product alert manscaped just released the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer take a look in the mirror and i guarantee you'll see hair sticking out uh, of those holes it's time to end they said that kevin not me they set the holes. It's time to keep your ears and nose hair looking as nice as your cleanly shaved pubes. Now, you'll never see my pubes, ladies and gentlemen, because Kevin keeps telling me that it's illegal to show on Twitch or just in general. I can't do it. But I am excited for this. I have I've asked him to reach out to that. I want one of these things. I'm going to get one of these things, too, because there's nothing I hate more, Kevin, than when the no the hair is tickled. It tickles. You know what I mean? You got a little tickle and then you're out in public and you're doing the thing and people are like, are you picking your nose? You're like, no, it's a nose hair. And then you pull it and you go, Ugh, and your eyes start watering. People go, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And then they call the police and you get taken to jail. Here's the thing. Uh, I've been using my Leatherman to do this for many years, but like, I'm going to be honest, it's real painful because it grabs it like three or four hairs and it just like, that's not, I know I shouldn't be doing it that way. And I'm happy there's a practical solution that we can all enjoy. I, 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 I'm tired of living like a, a, a freaking caveman right now. I want one of these ASAP. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. God, I love whoever writes this. I'm going to send you guys a gift package. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses uh, a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotating uh, rotary dual blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operating and cleaning. Uh, the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts up to 90 days of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. They're equal in my brain, but neither of them are pleasurable experiences, truth be told. Um, Manscaped is making whacking your weeds uh, <laughs> a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replace a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners pulled admitting that long nose hair is a major turnoff. I don't think you need to ask people that. That's just a given. It's disgusting. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped uh, routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free, sh free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. Thank you, uh, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and hair in our holes looking nice. Uh, again, here's that deal. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code MORNING. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. I love doing this show sometimes. I can be honest with you guys. All those are fun for me. 
Those are great products. <laughs> Use them. All right. Uh, guys, I want to go into a little <clears throat> bit of uh, – we've got to figure out this next section because we kind of do what we've been watching, but also we do the Nicholas. Which one do you guys want to do first? Let's do what we've we... been watching first, then move right, on cool. to Nicholas. I'm going to I'm gonna start this off because I watched a movie that I thought – I'm like, this could be a train wreck or it could be really good. And I really, really enjoyed it. I watched uh, The King of Staten Island. I've been wanting to watch that movie so badly. Oh, I was going to nominate that for the Nicholas next well, week. Well, you can still. And then we yeah. can watch it and then we can all talk about it together. But you can talk about it on your own too. It's fine. Um, I will, You know what? I will – I was just uh, – no spoilers, of course. We don't spoil things here. We're not a spoiler world. Uh, I really liked it and I think it's definitely worth a watch. It's $20 to rent right now. But a and we we D and I went back and forth, but I was like, you know, we can't go to movies. Let's support this. Yeah, she is kind of lukewarm on Pete Davidson, but honestly, I think that this movie is about sort of it's kind of it very much reflects his life a little bit. Yeah, uh, and yes. I, and it, I think it's very very uh, good. I think it's endearing. I think he he doesn't paint himself in like a great light. I think he comes off very raw and very natural. And it's Judd Apatow, so in, it's it's you know very well written and very well thought out. In real life, his dad was a fireman that passed away during 9-11, right? Correct. Okay. And so he plays a character who lives on Staten Island, whose father is a firefighter and passes away, and he has trouble sort of getting his life started because of that. Uh, and he has a lot of uh, de depression issues and uh, behavioral issues and pretty much just pushes everyone around him and, and uh, doesn't, you know, is, is kind of searching for a, a way out of, um, uh, of the depression that he's in. Um, and then, of course, Bill Burr's character kind of comes in and he gets to actually spend some time with firefighters and thus it's very therapeutic for him. Um, and, of course, did, Bill Burr is fucking hilarious in this. Did you listen I could to, watch that. Yeah, did, did you listen to this week's uh, Joe Rogan experience? Uh, I listen. I'm like 30 minutes <clears> in <throat> Bill's Bill Burr episode. Yeah, it's Bill Burr. I fucking love it. I, I'm not a big Bill fan Burr. of Joe Rogan. Because yeah, he's just yeah. such a, like, I'm a man's man, blah, blah, And yeah. Bill Burr calls him out a couple of times, and it's just like, I've, Bill Burr's a fucking national treasure. <laughs> well, Bill, well, Bill, obviously, they've been friends for years, right? There's, there's, two, there's two types of guests that go on Rogan. There's the guests that are like, I can't fucking believe I'm on the most popular, like, podcast slash show on the internet, and I've been listening to this guy for years, and I'm just going to, like, regurgitate every lesson I've learned right back at him and tell him how awesome he is. And then there's Bill Burr. And Bill Burr is just, I guess, could lovingly be described, Joe, as a ball buster because he, he's he got that laugh. He goes, <laughs> I have to look him up now because I feel you know, like I know the know. name. He's a redhead, but he's bald oh, now. What did I just, we were just talking about him yesterday. He's got a great comedy special out. Was he on Mad TV? Not with no. you. I don't think he was on Mad TV. Oh, no. Did. We were talking about Will Sasso yesterday, man. That's Will Sasso. Will Sasso, also a with genius. But yeah. When uh, when Burr when Burr's on Rogan, it's one of my favorite things because it's also like they're equals and they're two old friends and they can just bust each other's balls without any pretense or, or any of that stuff. It's always fun to listen to, um, and I, I do like when people call Rogan out for being a fucking meathead because it's uh, it's funny. Um, but I really recommend The King of Staten Island, and I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate that for our first uh, thing for next week's Nick list. If you guys are cool with that, yeah, but, I, I want to watch yeah. it. We almost watched it, but instead we had to we watched the the hit you give. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to talk about yeah, that in a couple are. seconds too, as well. When we get to the, the Nicholas first views. Uh, the other few things that I watched uh, recently, and Joe, I don't know, you, I don't know. I think Greg was super into this one, but I randomly watched a documentary called "You Don't Know Me," spelled N-O-M-I, and it's spelled that way because it's based on the main character that Elizabeth Berkeley played in Showgirls. It is a documentary oh. about Showgirls. And how it was a massive failure, but has become a huge cult following because of like yeah. live shows. 
And it basically is a deep, deep, deep dive into the production of the movie, the direction, how it ruined Elizabeth Berkeley's career, how it really kind of was Paul Verhoeven's fault for telling them everyone in that movie to be crazy and be extra because he wanted to create like this weird satirical social commentary thing like he had done prior, but it just didn't work. And then they go obviously into his prior films that did work like Robocop and Starship Troopers and why that style was so good for being sort of like political and social commentary and satire. Um, where, where did but you see why this? it didn't work with Showgirls. What's that? Where did you see this? I rented it on On Demand. And I don't okay. know what – I think you can probably yeah. get it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. But it is – it's fascinating because that movie, if you guys aren't familiar with it, like Paul Verhoeven had just a string of hits. He's a, he's a Dutch filmmaker who came over and, of course, famously uh, broke into Hollywood after pretty much being – ostracized from from uh, the Netherlands film industry for being too risque and too much of a provocateur comes in hits the United States market with RoboCop and RoboCop obviously is like this insane satire on police forcing and policing in America corporate corporation greed corporate greed in America all these things uh, and then he does that and then of course uh, he does Total Recall which is phenomenal um, and then he does Basic Instinct which is like an instant classic and crazy yeah. and, you know, a noir sexually charged like thriller. And then he decides to do showgirls and it is the biggest piece of shit you'll ever watch in your entire life. <laughs> it's so hard to get through. There's a that lot you just of nudity. Like, I mean, I remember in. young Kevin Coelho, like it, it certainly was not hard for me to get through it. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's interesting because we watched it originally. It was uh, Joe, the famously, it was uh, one. It's the highest grossing NC 17 movie ever by, by a wide margin. And he pushed for it to be NC-17 so he could push the limits of, like, what we had seen as, as in America on screen as far as sexuality and violence and all these things are concerned. But it just it just misses the mark so spectacularly that it comes almost full circle back around into being this, like, weirdly genius cult classic that if you watch it from the perspective of it being, like, a Twin Peaks-style movie – Mm-hmm. Where he's ma- he's sort of like satirizing these, yeah. these these archetypes of characters, it almost works, but it's it's still fucking bananas. It is just bananas when you watch this movie, and or, and poor Elizabeth Berkeley, who if you you know who she is, right? Oh She's yeah, Jesse, Jesse mm-hmm. She this is her first big role in a movie, and of and, course she took it because of Paul Verhoeven. And but it's she fucking... also like wasn't she? She wanted to break away from the the like. Yes, uh, connotations that she had before with her like oh she's this good girl and like young and because yeah i mean definitely she wanted to she wanted to break into uh cinema and be and try to be an a-list hollywood star and and not be the disney girl the the saved by the bell like good girl and to be fair this would have been an amazing role for it if the direction of it wasn't so unbelievably out of the stratosphere and it's sad because when i first watched the movie i was like wow elizabeth berkeley is a terrible actor but then in 2015 Paul Verhoeven went on record being like, listen, everything that happened in that movie was came out of me. I told them take after take to keep ramping it up and keep being crazy because the character of Nomi, he was like, I wanted her to be bipolar. I wanted to be her to be a drug abuser. I wanted her to be a little out of her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wanted the whole story to be a little out of its mind. Uh, but it just does, it just does not work. But man. And it's so funny because a lot of the nudity you watch, you're like, this is just not it, none of this. None of this is sexy. A yeah, lot of this is just weird and comes out of nowhere and it's yeah. super unnecessary. There's awkward sex scenes that like, you know, really awkward sex scenes that 
Yeah, you're like, this was, I mean, even when I was a kid, I was like, is that how sex is? Because it's scary and I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> uh, I recommend watching it. My my wife actually uh, uh, wanted to watch it because when she was growing up, she, you know, she used to dance in, in LA, not that kind of dancing, but she used to be a professional dancer. And uh, she used to watch it with her friends uh, because she knew people that were in the movie and she was like, oh, this is hilarious. But then she was like, I, at no point did I ever think this was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's a very fascinating documentary. I highly recommend it. Uh, what have you guys been watching? Kevin, come back to me. I forgot. <clears throat> okay, I watched two things. Okay. Started watching Trial by Media on Netflix. Oh, how was like that? At the beginning of quarantine ish. It's super interesting. I've only watched the first episode, which I've heard is the best one. Um, but it is just interesting to see. It, the first one is about I think it's Jenny Jones. Her name. Um, they had a TV show, and then they had. It was very like uh, Maury and like all of those like daytime kind of shitty things. But um, they had this guy on uh, who was going to confess like his feelings for his guy friend who didn't know that he was gay and didn't know that this was a dynamic. But they like kind of uh, coerced the guy to be on because he thought another girl was like going to confess her feelings. Um, but it's just talking. And then this whole thing happens. Um and one of the guys kills the other one after and it's just talking about all of the like crazy how it was portrayed in the media and what it did with the show and like all of these things super super interesting just to see it all play out and stuff like that um but it's it's i was like oh this is kind of like a heavy tv show <laughs> to be watching yeah. right now in the in the uh i've been saying i've been kind of already kind of heavy so i staying away from a lot of those shows too and it was one yeah. of those things where like obviously like uh, you know with with the current social uh things happening in society right now well, anything that's like the media is is behind the scenes twisting people's shit i'm like i don't want to i don't want to fucking watch that it's too hard yeah. man it's too so real. then i switched to the new season of queer eye <laughs> because that like it, i was like this is something that I can appreciate and really internalize right now of just something a little bit more lighthearted and uh, happy. So, yeah, it's actually really interesting. They have some like cool people on. I just finished one where it's like an 18 year old girl who moved to Washington, D.C. And she's like a not a lobbyist, but she's like she wants to change the world and um, talk about global warming and stuff like that. So they have this whole house of like 17 kids that have moved to Washington, D.C. to meet with people and to. Um, like bring awareness to global warming and i was like dang you're doing a lot at 18 and i feel very inferior <laughs> you know what i did at 18 I was, I was smoking cigarettes outside of a 7-eleven and just being like yeah i'm wasting i knew i was wasting my life i was like exactly. i'm wasting my life I'm like oh you're actually trying to do like real things and i just appreciate that like queer eyes like about helping these people but doing it in a way that like feels comfortable for them but pushes them a little bit out of their um box a little bit but not completely transforming someone. I don't know. I feel like they do it in a really healthy way of it being a journey in progress and not feeling like people need to completely change who they are. So I like nice. it. All right. Kev, what about you? It turns out that I've only seen the stuff that we're about to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No problem. I was trying um, to, I, I was like, I thought I'd seen, it's been a busy week. I've been experimenting with a bunch of cameras, so. I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, I watched a couple of the movies that just are, are obviously fun and shout Well, not fun, good and fun and different and whatever. Uh, D and I last night watched Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, oh! I heard which really was, good things about that. that was it's Die Hard in the White House, and it actually is 
hilariously fun. It's on Netflix right now. Netflix it's Gerard Butler. It's not the series, though, right? No, this is the series. So okay, is White the- House Down is the Channing Tatum, Jamie Foxx movie. That's the exact same movie. Got it. Okay. This one is Olympus Has Fallen, which is Gerard Butler. Um, no, and I watched series. that Olympus Has Fallen is a series. Yeah, Elizabeth, okay, Olympus it, Has Fallen ha- is Olympus Has Fallen, uh, London Has Fallen, and then Angel Has Fallen, which we will be watching uh, London Has Fallen tonight. I heard. Uh, because I heard- we are in. <laughs> I heard that uh, Angel Has Fallen is phenomenal. I've heard very good things about it. Like, it stands out. Is this out. the one where they're in the forest? Because I feel like I tried to get Kevin to watch a screener it, yeah, of so, it, but we hadn't seen the other ones. So yeah, we yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened. This is, yeah, and the forest scene is where, like, the president gets attacked by a bunch of drones, and then they figure out that the drones are being sent by the guy that is, like, the main character in this. So now mm. the government is chasing him. Yeah, Gerard. I just say this: Gerard Butler, national treasure. I'm glad we have him here in America. A lot older, uh, a lot older than he, he looks on the camera, though. Unfortunately, I also watched another Gerard Butler movie last week called Den of Thieves, which was him and the dude from season two of The Wire, and uh, not a good movie. Kind of interesting <laughs> at first, but then it's done so poorly, like it's edited so poorly together. The story, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? This makes no sense. Uh, so I watched that. I watched The Martian again, which I haven't seen since I think theaters, and I fucking love that movie. Of course, that's the Matt Damon movie where he's stranded on that? Mars. Uh, it's on on demand. I think it's on FX right now with commercials. You can fast forward through the commercials if you have Comcast. Um, and then I watched it Platoon on. on HBO. Platoon, huh. the classic. And if you if you've never seen Platoon and you are in a good mood, don't watch it. <laughs> it is a very, 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 very realistic portrayal of the Vietnam War done by, of course, uh, the the famous director Oliver Stone, uh, who was a I didn't realize was a Vietnam veteran and made this movie when he came. He wrote this movie when he came back from Vietnam because he was so disturbed by how war movies were portrayed in film and how they glorified war that he was mm-hmm. like, that is not what war is. I just came back from a war. It is the most horrifying thing anyone could go through. I need to show that. And by the end of Platoon, I'm not saying you get a, a full picture of what that is, but it's a, it was enough for me to watch when I was a kid, that and Full Metal Jacket, that I'm like, I hope I never have to go to a war because this looks like all that this looks like hell. It just looks like hell on earth. Um, then and the cast of Platoon is amazing. It's got like John C. McGinley. It's got Tom Berenger. Or, uh, it's got Johnny Depp's in it. Forrest Whitaker's in it. Keith David's in it. All these phenomenal actors when they were very very young, just starting out, are in this movie. And I mean, even them, they said it was like the worst experience of their life because they because Oliver Stone put them through hell. And you see that on film, uh, but it ends up being a phenomenal movie. All right, uh, the VHS cover for Platoon, I always thought it looked so cool because it's the word Platoon. And the two, but the dog tags those. Yeah and, yeah, and and then it's the dude with his hands up. Was it Charlie Sheen? No, that was no, that was uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem Dafoe's character, Elias. The movie uh, is is obviously it's a depiction of Charlie Sheen's character going to going to Vietnam for the first time, and it kind of it kind of chronicles his first week, and then cuts to later when he's been in the bush for a long time, and has is much more cynical than he was. But it also has to do with this platoon where there are two main sergeants. Uh, one is a sergeant played by Willem Dafoe, who plays his character Elias, who is this more like free spirited uh, hippier sergeant who doesn't believe in the violence that needs to be done by some of the other people to like, to actually win this war. And then Tom Berenger's character plays Barnes, who is this fucking psychotic, like we have to kill everyone because it's either kill or be killed. And he's the one that goes in and slaughters villages. And so the idea is that this Charlie Sheehan character, who is this kind of dumb kid um, has these two sergeants that are kind of fighting for his soul. One is like, Hey, 
you can't fight violence with violence. We need to go win the hearts and minds of these other Vietnamese people so we can actually do something good in this country. And then, of course, Barnes's character is just this like we have to just burn everything down. We're going to fucking kill everyone. And we have like, basically any means necessary is justified in war. And so you see that really played out because that was the experience that Oliver Stone had. Um, and it's very, very beautifully done. It's beautifully shot. And it's just horrific. Um, and if you if you like that kind of movie, if you want to see that kind of experience, that and, and uh, Full Metal Jacket, which is the Stanley Kubrick classic, are just unbelievably good. Very, very impactful films. Uh, okay, speaking it, of Charlie impact. Charlie Sheen had a heart attack during the filming of this, right? No, I believe Martin Sheen had a heart attack Martin during Sheen. the filming of Apocalypse Now, which was his Vietnam mm. uh, war, which is based off of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, right. where uh, his character to go into the the deep of the bush to find the Kurtz character, uh, who is this uh, random, I think, a captain who has gone AWOL and is now living amongst the the people in this bush and is fucking crazy. Well, the, um, the craziest part of that is they they who do they hire to? Uh, yeah, Marlon Brando, and they got Marlon Brando, but and was, they were like, oh my god, this is great, we're gonna get Marlon Brando, and he showed up like a hundred pounds overweight, and they're like, dude, you're supposed to be a fucking Vietnam captain living in the <laughs> bush. Wild. You're supposed to be like. Die, you're emaciatedly skinny because you're dying of like malaria and you've gone crazy. But he shows up like he just had to change the role. The oh my gosh, <laughs> what a crazy motherfucker! Uh, just a quick uh, note that I thought was funny or not funny but interesting for the trivia of uh, uh, Platoon is that cover image, which I never realized is based on a real image that was a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, image from a Vietnam photographer that is a soldier literally like reaching up into the sky after oh. the whole thing around him has been like napalmed. <laughs> Um, oh. it's really intense. Again, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, really, really deep shit in, uh, in platoon. I highly recommend it, but just do not fucking watch it at midnight. Like I did, because you will have <laughs> nightmares. You will have very much nightmares. All right, let's get to the Nick list. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with what this is, if you're just watching the show and you've watched 50 minutes of us talk about movies and you're like, I'm in, uh, the Nick list is a new thing we're doing as of a couple <laughs> weeks ago where we just pick three fun movies that all of us are interested in watching uh, in no specific genre or anything like that. Uh, and we, we, we're going to quickly talk about them, review them without any spoilers. Of course, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to back us on Patreon to go over and recommend some movies. And a lot of you have recommended actually the same movie, which I think is pretty interesting and telling. Um, next week, of course, we're, we're putting the King of Staten Island on there. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about Ad Astra, Long Shot, and The Hate You Give. Uh, let's start with Ad Astra. What did you guys think? Um, I, I don't think the movie itself is great, but they're like, just the story kind of seems the the pacing of it is, is shitty. Um, but I think the visuals are awesome. The sound, the sound design is really cool with a bunch of the space shots. And I love the way that space is portrayed in this like near future mm -hmm. world where all of a sudden the commercialization of it. Exactly. They land at a spaceport and it's like, yeah. oh, this looks like an airport. Oh, look at these giant neon signs like uh, uh, that. I thought was so cool. Yeah, I, I like how they do the sort of like I like how they 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 flirt with the idea of people who are on Mars being like this weird disenchanted kind of fucked up environment or, or like civilization where they're like, we've been here. We work here. It's horrible. It's red. <laughs> and like you feel that when you land, we're like, this is a depressing place. And like the idea I think that one of the reasons I liked it was because it's 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 deep sci-fi and it's deep in the way of like 2001 A Space Odyssey. And you can tell they definitely watched that movie and were like, this is our inspiration for Ad Astra. Um, but they I always love movies that try to at least imbue a little bit of real science in the science fiction. And I think the space travel specifically of like how long it took him to get to places. Um, 
launching all of these things and uh, I, I thought was really, really cool. And then ultimately the message of the film was something that I had not seen before in a sci-fi movie. Um, and not not to necessarily spoil stuff, but what I really responded well to was that the, the whole point of the movie is that uh, Brad Pitt plays this astronaut whose father is this historic astronaut that went farther out with the team than anyone's ever gone out to look for extraterrestrial life. And then weird shit starts happening. Um, but the idea that they flirt with thematically is, is, is it important to find extraterrestrial life or is it important to value the life on earth? What's, you know, how do we strike that balance of the sacrifices we have to make to go out there and make contact versus obviously you have, that's the bigger story, but you have the story of a father who's left a son and left the son forever without a father. And so what do you value more your work and the science and what it can mean to humanity or the humanity that's around us right now? And I, I really responded. I thought that was a, a really, really well done message um, done by two amazing actors who are Brad Pitt, played by Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. And a, a shout out to Natasha. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Leon, who's, in, who's just a random scene in the movie. <laughs> and I read a piece of trivia on that, that she lives in the same building as the director. And they were having dinner one night. And he's like, hey, you want to be in this movie that I'm doing tomorrow? And she was like, sure. <laughs> Did that I one scene. Joe, what do you think? So I'm not like a huge sci-fi person in general. So this isn't really like my genre that I would pick to go see. I thought it was beautiful. And like I thought seeing it because we saw it early in Dolby. And it was really cool. <clears throat> I, I'm kind of with Kevin where like the coolest part to me was seeing the commercial commercialization part. Yeah. Um, it's a movie that like I've seen once and like really have never thought about again. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, go ahead, go. I was just going to say, like, I, I also think, think that like, there's a big kind of theme about obsession and like burying your life in your work. And it's just cool the way that like, by the end you see the resolution of that. Yeah. I, I really like that. I, I we're not going to spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, just, I agree. Yeah. Um, to, to, to just give a quick shout out, I believe I, I looked it up last week, so I apologize. I didn't put a note, in, but I believe this was shot by Hoyt Van Hoytema who shot interstellar as well. Um, and I believe shot a bond film for, I think he shot specter and his visual style is stunning. Mm. And there's a great, and I, I wish I could shout out this channel, but there's a great channel. I watched a video about basically his approach to the visuals and how he uses color in this mm -hmm. and how there's only ever like three colors that he picks for every single scene. And it has this, really has this 2001 Space Odyssey feel to it because it's such a controlled palette that it's haunting. Where you're like, there's something so weird about just seeing these three colors mirrored or like different in every single scene. Yeah, Cause you don't see that in real life. Whenever you walk out the door, you see a myriad of colors, right? Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. It's it, purposely done. It's so cool when they transition. Cause I do feel like certain set pieces have certain colors, like the moon, everything's gray, Mars, everything's mm -hmm. red. And then when they, they, you know, go into Neptune. deeper space, it's like blue. blue. Right. And it's like, so rad. it's so rad and it is very jarring to feel that change. But at the same time, mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense because you know that the character is going from someplace to someplace totally different. And, uh, it just, yeah. Like the way they design that is really, really rad. Uh, yeah. I thought you want to tell so I thought of you when I saw the Neptune scene because I was like, how fucking rad would it be to see Neptune? <laughs> Just to be in a space station and looking at Neptune, that would be so cool. Dope. Uh, I highly recommend it. We got to rank this. Where do you guys want to put this? Is it going to be, of course, we're doing the patented Nick Scarpino finger scale. It's either going to be good, good, uh, good, bad, or bad, bad. What do we, where do we feel like Ad Astra is? I think good, I'm going to say good. I'm going to say good, good. 
Uh, I think it's good bad. Yeah, I think good bad. I think it's good bad. Yeah, because it's just it's one of those things. I feel like the story is trying too hard to be deep in a way that it just doesn't hit. Like, you know, it it wants to be um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Right. But, like, Mm -hmm. they just don't have the little Kubrick magic that it needs. I am... I can be swayed. I've been swayed. We will put that in the good, bad category. Uh, I can't, because I can't, I can't in all, in all faith, like I think of movies that I, I think are really impactful like this that have left more of a, lo- a lasting impression on me. And I think of Interstellar. Interstellar is one of those movies that really, really struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was really, really well done. I think shot by the same guy, if I'm not mistaken. Chat, let me know if I'm wrong on that one. Um, same DP, I think. Uh, so, okay, we'll say that's good, bad. Next up, we have Long Shot. This is a Charlize Theron, Seth Rogen, instant classic. When I saw the preview for this movie, I thought it was going to be about a dumb shit fuck up who somehow got on the campaign trail of this. The first the, the woman who has a shot of being the first female president played by Charlize Theron. I had no idea it was going to be as deep as it was. What did you guys think of this movie? It I ended up on my... Like, I don't think it was my top 10 list for whatever year it came out, but it was in my like special consideration one where like, holy crap, I had no, I had very, very low expectations going into it. And I was pleasantly surprised. I did not think that Charlize Theron and uh, Seth Rogen were going to have any chemistry, but they actually have like a pretty viable relationship. And I was like, totally thrown off by that. I will give that a hundred percent, and this is no disrespect to Seth Rogen, but Seth Rogen plays Seth Rogen in everything he does. Yeah, Charlize Theron somehow managed to find the chemistry in that, and it works on a weirdly nerdy way. Yeah, that I was I legitimately believe that they that a woman of her caliber would actually be with him. But I think again, the reason why it works was because instead of writing that character like the lovable fool. Right, like the Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, they wrote him as an intelligent, principled character whose principles yeah. were actually maybe getting in the way of his mm-hmm. happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas her lack of principles were getting in the way of her happiness. And so when they get together, they actually can balance each other, which is what a good relationship does. And of course, they succeed because of that. Uh, and I thought it was very well written. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, perfectly supported by O'Shea Jackson, who uh, oh God, is so fucking, fucking good. hilarious. Yeah. He has a great twist at the end where he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want to spoil yeah, it for people. But, it, you, but yeah. it is a really fun twist. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> good. I think that I forget the actress's name, but she's from Frankie and Grace. Uh, she plays one of the daughters. She played the campaign manager. She's fucking funny oh, as hell. Really good. Um, I just I was so. I was so pleasantly surprised by how much I liked this movie. And it's one of those things where my wife didn't like it. So I stayed away from watching mm-hmm. it for a long time. And then I caught the five Wait, minutes of the party did scene where watch he goes. It? Did she watch watched it? it uh, okay. Yeah, she rented it a while back and was like, ah, I didn't care for it. And so I had this misconception that it was not very good because my wife usually has excellent taste with the exception of who she married. Um, but <laughs> I watched five minutes of it when it was on HBO. And sometimes, Kevin, you got to just let the TV decide. Because it was that it was the party scene where he sees her for the first time, yeah. and then it has a flashback when he got a boner, and I was like, "I'm in." That, I'm in. That's the comedy in that scene is like it's it's such shitty a boner little kid humor. So fast. We've Kevin, how, what's the fastest boner you've ever gotten? Because I, I feel go. like mine. I don't want to go and see. Like, no, okay. hey, they're fa- they're fast, Nick. They're fast. It's one of those things like, whoa, that's real fast. Mine aren't fast, man. Mine mine are like an old sneaky man. It's got to sneak up on you mm-hmm. and just hug you. Jesus, in a way that's non threatening, but also not fun uh <laughs> so real sorry. quick i just i think that we should also mention like where this is streaming if anyone has hbo max or hbo go or hbo now they can this is available there it also is streaming on wwe network 
What? Cool. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Or is it Worldwide Wrestling? Is that WWE, right? Yeah. Uh, WWE, yeah. Are yeah. you sure it's not WWE Network? The Wii Network? No, man. It's definitely cool. the wrestling logo here. I mean, you're tired, so I don't know if you've seen two doubles, two W's in your brain because you, you need more sleep. No, it's where it's streaming. The wrestling oh, network. Uh, what do we think along The chat is that? immediately says it's not on WWE Network. All right, well, I guess this thing is broken, okay? The, the, the <laughs> it's definitely on HBO, which is where I watch it. And I think Ad Astro is also on HBO. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely, I think, uh, even though we've rated it good, bad, we should watch that. So where do we want to rank long shot? I'm going to actually say this craziness. I think it's good, good. I think it's good, good, too. I can absolutely confirm it's good, good. I didn't go into Give me one second and just say a little bit more about it, because I do think that the ending kind of just goes a little bit too, like, fantasy world, where it's just like, you don't have to end with this sort of, like, ridiculous, non-realistic world. Because, like, I felt like they did a really good job balancing, um, like, real world versus wacky silliness. And I feel like the end, they go really hard in the other way. Which they they do to agree, but you know, by the time we get there, there's there's a payoff. The joke, yeah, that they have at the end made me laugh hard as fuck because that is the nerdiest shit that I would do if I were in that situation. Like, if you had to pick someone to to do picture review, the person he picks is hilarious. Um, I agree with you; it it does break the reality a little bit, but Mm. it's a happy ending. And you know what? I need a happy ending these days because there's not too much good shit to look forward to in life. So we're gonna put that as good, good. That's one of the first the first movies to rank good, good on the Nick list. Uh, last week, I think we did the wrong Missy, which was good, bad. What, what did we do last week? I totally, I deleted my notes. We got to figure. I want to, Joe, you got to remind me to start a web, a website called kindoffunny.com. I thought you were doing that. I was going to. I totally forgot. So we got to, we got to remember what we did last week. So we don't have him here anywhere? Hold on. Let me go backwards into the history of this dog. We did Lovebirds. We did Lovebirds. Which is good, bad. We did the wrong Missy. And we did Underwater. Oh, underwater right. okay, was good, good, good right? Yeah. Yes. I think so. Underwater. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. That's right. If not, that's just the way it's going to go. No one's going to go back and check. Uh, good, good. <laughs> this is, we cool. have no you're wrong for the show. We don't, we're not I would never that. want that. Are you kidding me? I can't that. believe we gave the wrong Missy good bad. It was with it. It was there, though. You I'm also like, voted for it, though. What do we say? Lovebirds was good bad as well, right? Yeah. I think so. Cool. Okay. Uh, next up, lastly, we, uh, we this was suggested by pa- uh, one of our Patreon producers uh, who said, you guys should watch The Hate You Give. Uh, you know, this is a movie that that popped up, and I was like, I know this is going to be a good movie. But it's also one of those movies like Platoon that so accurately represents what's happening in society at a specific time that it's it takes it's 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 intense. Yeah. Um, and this movie was as intense as I thought it was going to be in moments. Um, not the least of which is if you're not familiar with the, what this movie is, it's about a, a young girl who watches one of her friends uh, get pulled over by a cop and then shot. Um, and then it, it, uh, and the fallout of all of that and how she has to be, you know, has she, has she has to sort of take up the mantle of, of being the person to speak for her friend when society will not speak for him. Um, also this one is available for free on a lot of, uh, streaming services. Yes. As part of the, yeah. As, and the, and the studio, I believe put it out because of black lives matter. Uh, and it was awesome that they did. And it's awesome that we got a chance to watch this, uh, for a good reason, because I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought this movie was really okay. powerful and did a really good job showing like multiple sides of stuff where, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. In my synopsis, I gloss over the fact that both of these people are black. So that is the whole point of that. They got pulled over by a white cop. Sorry, that's the whole point of the movie. Uh, and her her friend, who has been her childhood friend forever, uh, is shot. And it's because he accidentally grabbed a, a hairbrush. Um, and then they talk about that. But to Kevin's point, one of the things that I was not expecting in the movie is that they do 
managed to find an organic way of having both sides of the mm -hmm. discussion. And I did a really smart job where they make they, they cast Common, who is her sort of uncle, uh, who also took over as sort of a dad role for her when her father went to prison as a cop. And so they have that conversation of like, you don't understand how hard it is to be a cop also. So we do have to take that into account. We have mm -hmm. these hard conversations about whether or not police acted uh, inappropriately or, or, you know, illegally. Um, and I think, you know, she has her friends that she mirrors. And I think they did a, such a good job with the writing of the story because she in and of herself doesn't know who she is because she's stuck in between these two worlds of this rich school that her mom's sending her to where she is the only her and her brother are the only black students. Um, and then of course she has to go home where her whole neighborhood is black and it is a completely different socioeconomic uh, uh, level. Um, and so she doesn't quite fit in there, but she also doesn't quite fit in with her privileged uh, uh, peers. And so she doesn't know who she is. And of course, when this thing happens, she finds her identity and who she's supposed to be. Um, and I just thought it was a really, really, really well told story. Um, a little, my only criticism of it, and I know why they did this, but I really wish it wasn't PG 13. I mm. think that there's moments in this that they could have and should have gone harder, mm -hmm. that they could have dipped into other movies of its like, like Boys in the Hood, which was a really impactful movie for me to watch when I was a kid because yeah. it was rated R, because John Singleton was not going to, didn't want to pull any punches. And I unfortunately feel like this movie has a tendency to dip into the PG 13 ness of it, where it's not. Well, it's based on like a YA a novel. So yeah. that's why. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I get it. And, and I think it was written for a younger generation to kind of to have those conversations and give you that perspective. Um, and I do think like I was actually pleasantly surprised and very much engaged by the fact that it showed both sides. It mm -hmm. talks about, you know, they, and, and it doesn't show it in both sides and like, oh, OK, the people who are coming to the cops uh, or talking about the police in good light are like white supremacists. No, it's just people who are like, this is our perspective on this. And then we get her perspective on it. And somewhere in the middle you walk out with a very thought-provoking film yeah there's a couple um, like interesting things that happen where it's like i really really liked when uh the the private school that she's going to is going like basically being like we're taking the day off to go protest but you really get the sense that like they don't understand or <laughs> yeah. care they're more excited that they get to take the day off because like i've seen that happen before like in schools yeah. growing up where it's like you guys aren't like doing this for the message you guys are just doing right. this because you see an opportunity and i'd never seen that portrayed in uh in a movie before so that was and you really could, cool and that's a criticism by the way we've seen that again this is something that's so super impactful for today right we're seeing that criticism come out when like major celebrities are marching in protests or releasing videos uh in support of black lives matter but they're doing it in a way where you're like are you supporting Black Lives Matter or are you trying to paint yourself as some sort of weird ally and get more followers mm -hmm. and they're getting yeah. eaten alive uh, when that when that doesn't seem authentic, when people see it and go, this is like this is, uh, you know, uh, you're trying to take advantage of the situation. Man, they get eaten alive. And there is that great scene where she walks out and she sees all of her peers going, well, we're you know, we're marching for Khalil. Um, and as, when they walk out, it's just a big party. And she's like, you guys have no fucking idea mm -hmm. what you're talking yeah. about or what you're doing. And you are shitting on the memory of my best friend. Of course, the struggle with her is that she can't vocalize that because she doesn't want to be seen as the sort of martyr or the the figurehead for this movement. And then by the end of the movie, um, and I'll spoil this for you because it's not it's not a spoiler at all. She finds herself and she finds her voice. Um, and what I was also blown away by was uh, the fact that, I mean, again, this is how stupid I fucking am. I didn't listen to a lot of Tupac growing up, but the hate you give being a Tupac lyric, and that's what Thug Life stood for. I was like, oh, wow. That was a lot deeper yeah. than I thought it was. 
um you know like the fact that thug star stands for the hate you give i was like oh fuck and the fact that the the whole concept is that the hate that children get the hate you give to children is then mirrored back at you when they grow up and they and they have to rage against you or they have you know problems or create and make crime and things like that so very very deep message i uh, um, i really really like this movie until the the end where it was like th- there's the moment and like again not going into super spa- spoilers this movie seems so real like it starts in like they're the parents are giving these what like 10 9 yeah. and five-year-old the conversation of like hey this is how you are you need to handle yourself around a police officer and it's like that like watching that conversation is really powerful and i feel like the last like 10 minutes maybe the last eight minutes of this movie kind of goes from being super realistic to uh it's a happy ending you know yeah it's it's, it's, it's a problem that i had and i think that's because of the pg-13 yeah i think so too little toward the end you get that why the young adult like everything has to end well um it's very similar to when i watched uh it it has a similar vibe and this was my criticism when i watched the green book where i was like oh this is a movie about racism in the south in the 60s but it has a happy ending that seems weird considering it's 60 years later and we're still dealing with these same problems but you know in this obviously the message is hopeful that i find common ground and that people will realize the error of their ways and obviously when you see what happens at the end of the climax and you see the realization in everyone's face including anthony uh mackie is his name right mm-hmm. the guy who plays falcon yeah who, so uh, weird to see him in this kind of role compared know, to I marvel like i was like dude i can't i can't oh, I, deal with I, like I thought he nailed it i thought he did he's such good a but it was just an internal thing of like yeah no i like you party <laughs> wishes and i wonder if they had this I, I bet it was anthony mackie's like choice because I bet they were like, you could be the dad. You could be the dad character. And if they could have flipped those roles, and I think it would have worked. Because the, oh, yeah. like like the, the dad. I like the dad. I like the dad. Well, that scene where the kid comes home, he's like, he, he thinks he's the uh, he thinks he's the driver. driver. He tries to tip him. He's like, who's this kid? He, that was yeah. probably like, he was fucking with I'm the kid. Terrible. He did not think the kid was the driver. I don't know. but He I was just terrible. trying to be an ass. And it's like, man. I thought that was gonna like at some point that was gonna get lighthearted, but it stayed like no. the kid leaves and he's like, "Why are you dating a yeah. white guy?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh shit, okay." That was intense. Yeah. Again, but those that discussion didn't. It was it was interesting because it was it was what I like about the movie is that most of the time it's a discussion that you wish people would have in in the way you'd wish they have it, right? Unlike most of the discussions that are happening on on Twitter or Facebook, where people are just raging at each other and, and shooting, you know, uh, uh, just spilling out sort of these these preconditioned statements that we're all that, that they have, they actually sit down and they talk about the intricacies of of uh, the relations between these two people, and I really respect that until it dips a little too much into the in, into the PG thirteenness of it. But again, that's a minor criticism movie that I think everyone should go out and watch immediately. Again, again like Kevin pointed out earlier, it's free on a lot of platforms, and rightfully so, uh, specifically right now i know it's it might not be a movie that a lot of people are wanting to watch because of the subject matter because you know it's going to be an intense film and myself i had that same notion going into it where i was like oh man this is going to be this is going to be a lot but force yourself to watch it sit down and watch it you will not be disappointed and and just a shout out to uh uh what is the the actress's name amanda steinberg who plays the main character star Mm -hmm. she is fucking phenomenal And I hope to God she becomes a huge celebrity because she's really, really good in this. Do you Where know we... she's in the, all the Hunger? She's in the Hunger Games too. Yeah. She plays Rue, the little girl. Oh, no, I didn't she did. realize until I was watching stuff last night. But oh, good for her. Yeah, good for her. this I feel like all the every 
everybody that was in this movie was incredible. Like it was a 10 out of 10 cast. Mm -hmm. I feel like the mom was so good who I know I've seen in. She's been in everything. She was, yeah. in, she was you know, most notably for me. She's always in the uh, the scary movie parodies. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But it's she's also, I feel this. like she's in a rom com that we have also had a conversation about, but I can't remember. Uh, maybe, maybe. And I said, well, no, what's her name? It's from Lovebirds is in this as well. She plays the lawyer. Oh yeah, who's oh, yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, as well. Yeah, and then the boyfriend is from Riverdale, which oh, is like true. kind of random. Yeah, um, I thought I was the only kid that I was like, this kid is too is CW for me. I wish they had a cast well, somewhere. The girl, her like friend girl, the blonde. Yeah, one but I feel like she like, but like I feel like that character. Is CW, this character, situation white there. character. I was like, oh, you're just writing this like totally vanilla character into this. But, but I mean, they have some he stuck through it till the end. You know what I mean? Like in the middle of yeah. like crazy stuff going on, he was still like, no, I want to help, and like. He meant it. And I, he wasn't just being, you know. And I think honestly, that's for I think that character is supposed to mirror sort of the white audiences that are watching this and being like, "This is how you can help affect yeah. change. Is you just be there for people and listen, and yeah. don't don't come in with pretense and don't be the blonde girl who is uh, who is you know buying into the rhetoric on either side. Just fuck rhetoric. Listen to your friends. Talk to your friends. Have you know have conversations. I do really wish though, like her her best friend. Um, like I wish that like. There were a couple things that the the main character did where it was just like oh, I wish you had done things differently. Like one, her talking to her, like her not talking to any of her friends about it. I I understand why she was doing it, but I just kind of felt like I feel like she could have helped her friend learn and understand stuff. And instead, you know, her friend is getting news from media sources that like are trying to like be more systemically, you know, like or go with the system. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's. I wish that like they had used that as a moment to like have like her friend moment. grow. But, but as like, a as a high school student, that's like well, as a privileged think, white high school student yeah. whose dad is probably super rich, and you're hearing those conversations. And that's what I thought was so fascinating was they're in her home when they have those conversations, and that was very smart. Like they're at the girl's house, yeah. the blonde girl's house, and so you know. I mean, I think that was good visual storytelling of saying like this is what this these are the conversations that what she hears in her house, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go to Star's house and those are the conversations they're having in her house. And that's why it's so it's so interesting to have this character as this device that lives in both worlds but doesn't feel like she belongs to either mm -hmm. because yeah. you have to decide with her who she's going to be. And in doing so, you broaden your perspective a little bit, which to me is the absolute most important reason why we have films like this or films in general is because that is what they can do they can they can help you you know you can go through those roller coasters of seeing both perspectives and then deciding for yourself what is right uh and moving forward and hopefully growing a little bit and then and her, real quick the, the second thing that i was like oh, you guys are only doing this because it's a movie her like shouting out king lords the gang uh in her interview where it's like that okay so that was that yeah that was like, an issue is i had as a plot device i was like what the fuck you yeah like there was no reason to do that she immediately changes the topic and like with a very salient point of like everyone keeps asking me like uh what was going on yeah, yeah, yeah what all the bad things about this kid and not like what happened at that moment and it's just like well why would she put that like giant statement out there that she knows is going to get her and her family in trouble that right. is unnecessary completely so i so, think i think the i think the the the, the point of that scene was important right which mm -hmm. is that whenever this happens people try to demonize the victim by mm -hmm. saying oh he was a drug dealer oh he was this and they don't ever draw the direct uh inference or or uh you know they don't the direct comparison but there is a, a subtle inference that that he deserved it right that is that is what a lot of me specifically like fox and a lot of these more right-leaning uh, uh news organizations would do and i think that was the point of that but as a as a plot device 
to put her in more peril, I didn't like it. Because all she had to say is, I don't want to speak to what he did. I don't know. I never saw him do these things. I don't know who he's selling drugs for. That's not important. The important thing is he got pulled over for failure to use his signal and got and ended up dying. That's the conversation we'd be having right now. And I guess in my perspective, it was like she's calling them out because it's this group of people that have like has been in her life the whole time of like her dad went to jail for something he didn't do because of this group of people and now they're like tied into very very tangentially um now her best friend who's died because of violence and like i think and they have that's that, a they lot draw that. internally of yeah. this group of people that everybody is like scared of but controls so much and like this is her the chance of like a platform she has to do something but then having to wrestle also with like being 16 and not necessarily realizing that this has a lot of bigger implications which you also see play out in the movie yeah i think that i think they they do do a good job of them bringing that back and saying this is the second person one of her friends that she's seen be killed and the first one was killed by the same gang and she didn't say anything and luckily that you know she felt bad about that and then of course that playing into her character and her growth as as a into adulthood she realizes she should say something even though it might it might cost her something uh, it was always... interesting to see those ties into like her family life of like the connection with the dad and this half brother and stuff like that of like man all of this is so just entangled and messy very very good of course we're talking okay. about uh, people in the chat that are trying we're talking about the hate you give uh definitely go watch it it's free on a lot of platforms and i'm just gonna say right now of course in my book this is a good good movie yeah it's definitely, uh, definitely good, good yeah oh yeah, definitely. yeah its weaknesses are overshadowed completely by the the moments of Really, really intense, like yeah. real and I, and storytelling. I, I can forgive some some minor plot devices that they had to throw in there because I think eventually that we got payoff for those that that really backed the theme and 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 sort of the message of the movie. And so I agree with Kev. Yeah. Uh, definitely a good, good movie. All right, we're at the point of the show. We're almost done, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out two more movies to watch. Actually, you know, I think we have to figure out two more movies to watch yeah, next they, week. They, they, we yeah. don't have uh, a, we a set number. We, well, we don't yeah, have a set number. For sure, we should watch The King of Staten Island because I think it's, yeah. a, it's a really fun film. So let's put that on the list. Uh, I'm going to read through a couple of submissions from people uh, er, over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, you guys have written in some of your suggestions. And I think uh, I'm going to read some of these and we can potentially both for here or we can just watch The King of Staten Island next week and, and go from there. First off, we've got J- Jeremy Z said, uh, for the Nicholas, I recommend Castaway on the Moon. It's a rather unusual Korean film. If you're not able to watch foreign films, then my movie for this list is Mandy. Nicholas Cage in a role that requires him to go full Nick Cage. Now, I never watched Mandy. Oh, Joey That's left. That's an interesting choice. Joey left. Yeah. Joey's gone. She's, She's back. She's back. So you um, Mandy, Mandy is interesting. That's I, I don't know if we want to go full Nick Cage on this because there's another movie on this list that got uh, no, nominated twice that I think we might want to watch. That's funny. Uh, there, there's a movie on. There's a movie that I really want to nominate. And is it, it Nick Cage? Yeah, it's Nick Cage, and it's similar. Is it the the color, color one? Color out of space. I That's really the one I'm super it. down to watch. Yeah. All right. We want to watch Color Out of Space. Let's put it yeah. on here. It's on Vudu. On there, let's put it on color. We'll watch color out of space as well. But uh, before we do that, of course, there's a few more suggestions. Uh, uh, let's see. Carlos Malia says, I think you guys should watch Layer Cake, Matthew Vaughn's first movie, a great British crime film with a great cast, and generally considered the movie that got Daniel Craig the Bond role. It's sadly not available to stream. You can rent on Prime for three dollars. I just watched Layer Cake again, uh, like a month ago. What a fucking fun film! What a great movie. Have you guys seen it? No. It is uh is Matthew Vaughn who did uh, of course Kingsman as of late and then also did X Men or uh, X Men First Class, 
he brought he's a great filmmaker really really fun makes stylish uh obviously like kingsman but layer cake was the movie that broke him and it's daniel craig's one of his breakout roles it's a british crime movie and it's fucking really fun and really cool and math and and it's got uh, uh daniel craig and sienna miller and man, they are good looking when they make out. Uh, I recommend I recommend people watch that as well. Uh, the next movie that keeps getting recommended to us, of course, for the Nicholas, check out The Vast of Night on Amazon Prime Video. I haven't heard y'all mention it. I believe Joey mentioned it last week. I watched uh, it, And yeah. I was blown away by the cinematography and throwback sci-fi ambience of this movie. Thanks for making a great show, says Nadia Morris. Uh, and then another recommendation for The Vast of Night from uh, Dalton F. says an interesting low-budget sci-fi film from the first-time director. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, that's one that I wanted to throw out there because uh, it just keeps getting recommended. And I saw the preview for it and I was like, I could go either way on this. How do we feel about that one? Well, Joey's seen it. It's easy Joey for knows. me to say, I'm like, sure, at it because I've already seen it. Is it worth watching? And I, worth about? I feel like I said last week that I want you guys both to watch it because it's sci fi and I know that that's way more your guys' okay. stuff than mine. I'm down for that. Because I'm I feel that, like yeah. I am the dissenting opinion of everybody else seems to really like it. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one more suggestion that keeps getting suggested to us, Ignacio Rojas says, A Silent Voice. It's a story about a high schooler who, that used to bully a deaf girl uh, who used to be in his class and years later becomes an outcast due to his past. Uh, all along, he's about to commit suicide, but before he doing so, he tries to make things right with the girl he used to bully. He goes on to say a little bit more about it, but uh, it's also been recommended to us by Matt Von Felt. Who says, uh, what up, Screencast? I'm writing to recommend in a few weeks uh, the Nicholas movie, A Silent Voice, as well. It's a bit of a hard sell because it's anime, but it has the benefit of being on Netflix. It's got a great uh, dub, and it's a movie I'm, I'm betting most of you haven't already seen. Um, so that's one that keeps keeps kind of popping up from people recommending. Uh, I wouldn't mind watching that as well. But I don't think we should watch four because no, it's yeah, hard. It's a lot, no, yeah. I, I say we save A Silent Voice for another week. Okay, let's save that for another week. Uh, next week we'll watch The King of Staten Island, and we will watch. Uh, are we sure about Mandy? We want to Mandy. No, no, Color no not, not Mandy. Color out of Color space. space. Color out of space and the vast of night. Dope. Okay. Speaking of baby Daniel Craig, though, I <laughs> while I was at my parents' house this weekend, I watched the first uh, Tomb Raider movie. Totally forgot he was in that. Nicholas Cage. No, not no. Nicholas Cage. Uh, Daniel Craig. Wait. The, like, oh yeah, he plays, he plays the sort of bad guy love interest. Yeah, yeah. The Angelina yeah, Jolie movies. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's like a Whoa. kind of her love interest kind of turns. I think he turned like there's a twist where he's a bad guy or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, if you want to go over to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny back is at the five dollar or above tier, you can recommend some movies we can watch for the Nicholas uh, next week as well. Uh, you can also just kind of throw some suggestions of other things we should talk about if you want. Uh, but I think people are liking the Nicholas. I'm liking the fact that we turn half the show into just reviewing old movies that start <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, until then, I've been Nick. Uh, that's been Joey, and that's been Kevin. And uh, oh, wow. we'll see you on see you online.